0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Jesus, Jesus went through one town and village after another, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? He said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able. When once the owner of the house has got up and shut the door and you begin to stand outside and to knock at the door saying, Lord, open to us, then in reply, he will say to you, I do not know where you come from. Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets, but he will say, I do not know where you come from. Go away from me. All you evil doers. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves thrown out. Then people will come from east and west, from north and south, and will eat in the kingdom of God. Indeed, some are last who will be first and some are first who will be last. The gospel of the Lord. In the
1: name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. I have to tell you, um, the rector said, I'm concerned you might need a floor mic. And I said, that's the first time I've ever been asked that ever. My name is Jeff Cox, and I have the distinguished priv- privilege of being assigned here by Bishop Thomas Shaw to be an intern here. And I've, I've enjoyed my time this summer and some in the fall, and it's been my honor to be here. Uh, Bishop Shaw was pretty picky and insisted that I only come here and work with the rector, and um, and that has been a blessing for me. One who trusts will not panic. I want to tell you a story. Many of you know I'm in the National Guard and I serve as a captain. About a year ago and a little less than two, I had the honor, privilege, or obligation, as you might think, to be deployed to Iraq as a in a combat stress company as a clinical social worker I was doing mental health in a place Er that needs a lot of support in Iraq one day I was assigned to a small four-person team that went out and provided mental health services to those who needed them and we would go to small places that you probably have never heard of and we would go out and counsel soldiers when someone died, well, was killed. Unfortunately, that seemed to happen more than I can count. There was a place called Polo Woda. I suspect you've never heard of it, but Polo Woda is maybe a little more closer to hell than I would like to admit. In my unit, we were going out, and I had put a request in to go to Polo Woda. And the day we got there, we were a little late. And we arrived to the rally point where we were supposed to meet with the convoy. And they had left. And they go, Captain Cox, what are we going to do? I says, well, we're going to find where the convoy went. So we drove to the gate. And at the gate, we saw the convoy. And they said, we didn't have you in our convoy. I said, how can that be? I put it in. And if any of you have been in the service or maybe in business, I had to kind of step out of the vehicle, flash my rank, and I got myself into the convoy because it was really important, I felt, to be there. We were the second vehicle in the convoy, the second vehicle. So we head out. Now, Iraq is a series of small villages. There's Baghdad and some big communities. But the places we were going outside of the Balad Air Force Base were just very small villages. And we drove past an Iraqi checkpoint and clunk, clunk, and then bang! It wasn't our vehicle, it was the last vehicle in our 13 vehicle convoy. And we were told, and, and, and I heard, Captain Captain what are we doing? We kept driving to I hate to use this word in church the outside that kills them and we stopped and then we waited now the convoy had been fired upon at that time and um, then I saw the fleet vehicle which had the convoy commander got out of the vehicle and did one of these now I don't know if you know what this means that means get out of the vehicle and pull security I have to tell you, as I pulled my weapon into an armed position, I had to do something I thought I never would have to do, potentially break one of the commandments that God has set us forth. So I pulled security, and in my sector, there was someone about 300 yards away on a rooftop, and there was not a roof. And I said, why is he on the rooftop? Well, he was a spotter, I'm pretty sure. And I said, is he going to attack us? And so I looked at him and I thought, but as in many stories, I have to tell you, it ends on a very boring note. A tank came, pulled the vehicle that was disabled. We proceeded to our place. We counseled the soldiers. Nobody was seriously injured, but a little rattled, and we moved on with our mission. One who trusts will not panic. I told you that our vehicle was the second vehicle in the convoy. I didn't tell you that the enemy targeted, usually, the second vehicle. And our vehicle, because we were medical, I have no idea, did not have enough armor on it. And if we would have been hit, which thanks to some technology which I suspect somebody here helped invented, we weren't because of some anti-jamming technology, it might have been much more catastrophic than the story I just told. I have to ask you this question. Did you hear the gospel today? About that door. There are two things that I am reminded from this story, and maybe from my story. First and foremost, we are called to live a good and holy life. Make no no mistake upon it, we are people that are called not to live in sin. I know we say sin a lot in the Book of Common Prayer, a lot more than you realize. We may not speak a lot about sin. But living a good and holy life is critical. Something that God has called us from the first part of the gospel to the end. I can't define what a good and holy life is. I can tell you some commandments. I can get you to the Bible. But I can tell you that it is what keeps us living. And when we move from that life, We move into places of destruction. I also can tell you that God has called us to live in grace. For we never know when our time may be come. I don't know about you. I live in Salem. I know it's Halloween. I know I've been through that. Oh, I've been through that. And I drive 128. Does anyone here drive 128? Do you ever say, I wonder if this is my day or not? (laughs) My wife doesn't allow me to drive, and there's a reason for that when I'm with her. We just don't know. So God's grace keeps us strong. We are called to live a holy life. But God gives us these places in which we can live in safety beyond what we wanted. To go through doors which may be closed. To feel welcome when we may feel in our innermost heart unwelcome. Now, I've got to say something. One of the things that the rector and I have been working on, as in turn you get to work with the rector, are perceptions. Christian hospitality. I come from a working class background. And when I was told I was coming to Concord, the first thing I felt was, Concord! I can't afford to even come to Concord, let alone be here. Sometimes our perceptions are much more wrong than we know. Sure, there is Monument Street here in Concord, right? But there are people here, maybe you, but it is not living on Monument Street, and even if they did, are struggling to make it, are living on fixed incomes, maybe are separated or divorced or have illnesses or difficulty than we ever ever imagined. It's simply not, my friends about the money and the accumulation, but it was about the soul and the spirit. God wants us to come into his house. He wants us to enter in those door places. He wants us to live a good and holy life. But you know something? It's not about what we have that makes that a good and holy life. It is about who we are. Now, I was illustrated at a point after church last Sunday. I went to Walden Pond. I didn't go swimming. I just went to Walden Pond. And I was talking to the, one of the superintendents at Walden Pond. And she said, and she was talking about some of the economic challenges that she faced living here in Concord. But she said, one of the places that makes community for someone who didn't go to church was the church and the reason why is simply because we're not a social club it's because we live those baptismal values and baptismal vows that this gospel calls us to be living a true and holy life and knowing that God's grace is sufficient enough when we are so lacking so I end on this note If you don't know where you stand with God today, I invite you to look outside that door and know that God, for some may may be saying no, but I truly believe God is really calling us in, calling us home, calling us in love and in grace. And all I do is invite you to that. Amen.